Jair Alexander will miss Sunday night's game against the Minnesota Vikings, suspended for conduct detrimental to the team. Plus, our pal Luke Braun joins us for a crossover Thursday. Let's do it. You are locked on Packers. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Jair Alexander, suspended for Sunday night's game. A must-win game. A loser-leaves-town match between the Packers and the Vikings. Justin Jefferson, the only player the Vikings have to throw the ball to right now. And the Packers will not have their number one corner. Suspended for conduct detrimental to the team. Luke Braun and I recorded before this suspension came down, so I just want to address it here at the top. What's funny is we added a little bit of a disclaimer in the in the middle of the show. I was like, well, if Joe Barry gets fired before Matt LaFleur speaks, like we're going to have to edit all this out of the podcast. And then it turns out that's not even the thing I have to worry about in terms of preempting actual information that we're getting here. Matt LaFleur said... This was a decision made jointly with Brian Gutekinds, though the press release suggested this was Gutekinds' call ultimately, which is a smart thing because it puts a layer of protection for Matt LaFleur who can say, look, this was Goody's call. I backed him up, but it was his call. That is important here as you try and figure out the future of Jair Alexander, who is not going anywhere. Let's not even get to that point. He's under contract, just signed a monster deal, and he's clearly frustrated about what's going on with Joe Barry. They're going to move on from Joe Barry. And so once that happens, I think this can smooth over a lot of that. To the Joe Barry point, though, and I want to address this before we get to Luke. There is a difference of the word accountability when we're talking about performance versus conduct. You can be bad at your job and not be fired or reprimanded. Whereas... If you are personally conducting yourself in a manner unbecoming of your team or your company or wherever, there has to be consequences for that act. And Matt LaFleur said it's not just the act. So he goes out for the coin toss, for those of you who missed it. He goes out for the coin toss, makes himself a captain, and then calls the coin toss, wins the coin toss, but then says, I want to play defense which could have, in an uncharitable reading, been construed as wanting to play defense first and also later, which is a thing that can actually happen. If you choose to pick, play defense first, the other team gets the ball twice. Yes, that's still the rule. It, no, it doesn't make sense. And so the officials saved him. Matt LaFleur said, no, no, it's not just that. It's not the screwing up of the coin toss. It's going out. And then in the postgame, acting like it was no big deal and acting like he was owed it 
because he was from Charlotte and implying that it was actually Coach LaFleur and Joe Barry who should have known and made him a coach. Matt LaFleur said, of course, we, we don't decide it based on those kinds of things. And I can't make someone a captain if I don't know if they're going to play, which is a very real thing because this was Jair's first game back in six weeks. And so what's interesting to me is this didn't happen yesterday. I know they were off, but they could have called him or on Tuesday. And it happened only after Jair posted a photo on Instagram, including him at, at midfield doing the coin toss. So it's one thing. They probably had a conversation about a post game. That could have been that. If he had just left it alone, maybe he doesn't get suspended. But again, there is a difference in a player making it about him, putting himself above the team, saying my needs are more important than the team needs and my needs are more important than you guys being captains. Aaron Jones was one of the captains. Aaron Jones is like as great a teammate as you could ever hope for. And so you are now subverting his leadership role on this team by not letting him perform his captainly duties because you're from Charlotte? Those kinds of things cannot go without being checked. And clearly, this is about more than just that. Matt LaFleur said as much. And this gives credence to all the things we've been saying on the show about how weird this set of circumstances is. There is clearly more to this story. It's never just that one thing. That was the final straw in a string of straws that ultimately break the camel's back and you have this suspension. Matt LaFleur said he thinks this is going to make their relationship stronger. We'll see if that turns out to be the case. But either way, they're not going to have Jair for this game. We'll talk about how we think that affects the matchups um, a little bit on Friday. Because Luke and I can't get into it. Unfortunately, it's the, like the perfect thing to talk about on a crossover Thursday. But we didn't have the information when we recorded it. We didn't spend a ton of time on that. Um, I did couch it with the Joe Barry of it all. Um, but I think the, the plan will basically stay the same. I think they will double Justin Jefferson a ton. There is no one else to throw it to, as we will talk about on the show. So Carrington Valentine, Eric Stokes, you are press man corners. Go out, play a bunch of man coverage, which they did last week. They played more, more man coverage last week. I'd like to see them press more. They let Eric Stokes press more. I hope he's getting his legs underneath him. We'll see. Let's get into it with our conversation with Luke on our crossover Thursday. Welcome inside another crossover edition. Locked on Packers, Locked on Vikings, part two. This season, Peter Bukowski from Locked on Packers and Luke Braun from Locked on Vikings. This crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL, all lowercase, for that first deposit match up to $100. Luke, good to be with you in a loser leaves town match preview. Oh, yeah. And we still don't know who is starting a quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. No, they're being cagey about it. I kind of feel like it's going to be Mullins. Um, because we've seen this exact thing before, like a month ago. Josh Dobbs had a four-interception catastrophe game. The Vikings lost it. They had this, we're thinking about all three quarterbacks. We don't know who it's going to be. It was Dobbs again, but he was on a short leash. And when he struggled again more in the next game, he did end up getting pulled in the middle of the game. So you might see two. You might get a two-for-one, Peter. 
Well, that would um, necessitate that QB to struggle. And against the Joe Barry defense, that has not been a thing that has happened of late. So that is the problematic part of it there. Um, the thing. Let, let's just say that does happen. Who do you think would be first off the bench? Jaron Hall? Is that is Jaron Hall? Yeah. Cycle through the whole list here. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> everybody gets a turn. Uh, everybody did get a turn. Jaron Hall did Tom start Robin quarterbacking. The, it's a new thing. Yeah. Well, it's like ten, exactly 10 years ago, the 2013 Vikings season when it was Christian Ponder, Matt Castle and Josh Freeman. Mm. <laughs> it's actually like weirdly similar uh, in a very concerning way. Uh, but no, it. It would be Jaron Hall, I think, and I think if if Nick Mullins doesn't start, it would be Jaron Hall. I think the Josh Dobbs thing is mostly over. He's been the emergency third quarterback, not the backup quarterback. Um, and in the Raiders game where Dobbs got benched, he wasn't seeing concepts. I mean, he was. It, it was very clear that he he was totally ten miles deep in his head, uh, and you just you just got to get out of there, right? It's like okay, that's okay, like. You thanks for what you did for us when you came in, you know, really, really difficult thing to win those two games you won. Thanks for that. Now let's let people who are here for camp uh, take care of everything. But I, I will say as, as much as you guys are all really mad at Joe Barry and you have good reason, I totally get it. The Lions secondary might be the worst unit on the Lions and they turned us over four times. Yeah, don't believe Peter <laughs> believe. It is one of those things where it's like when when the the stoppable force and the movable objects collide, um, what anything can happen. And in this case, yes. I mean, the Lions defense has been one of the worst groups just in football over the last um, month or so. And yeah, four interceptions is that's not going to be great. I just double checked in 2013. I wanted to see how many of those quarterbacks the Packers. Do you remember how many the Packers played that season of the Vikings group? Did they play all of them? They no. So the weird thing is they played Christian Ponder twice and oh, it was and the there Packers. Was a Scott Tolzien tie in there. There was a Packers. The Packers played multiple quarterbacks. That was the funny thing yeah. is the Packers were the ones oh. that played multiple quarterbacks um, because it was Aaron Rodgers the first time. And then, yeah, um, Matt Flynn and Scott Tolzien in the second. Oh, one. my God. Matt Flynn. Um, and that was the that was the 26, 26 tie. Um, that yep. ended up being crucial for the Packers um, in in their their push, at least for the playoffs that season. Um, back to this part NFC of this. North that year. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Uh, an atrocity. Uh, and it's honestly not a great NFC North this year either. No. Um, especially with as vulnerable as the lions look. What's fo so fascinating about this matchup to me, Luke right now is the last time Jordan love played the Vikings, the Packers receivers did not have a good day, but either did Jordan love and Brian Flores. Mm -hmm. Speaking of thinking and being deep in your head, Jordan love did not know which way was up for a lot of that game. Um, the simulated pressures, uh, especially, and that has been his bugaboo over the last couple of weeks. He's handled the blitz extremely well. It's the simulated pressures. It's when you show the something. Post snap looks, snap. yeah. Yes. And so last week, the, the Panthers blitzed way more than they're used to. Um, and they sped Jordan, and, and even on their sim pressures, they sped love up. They'll get to the back of his drop and feel like the ball needs to go out, even if it doesn't. That post snap ID is something he's got to get better at. And I just, I wonder, we talked about this the first crossover, like, is Flores going to blitz him a lot or is he just going to show a lot of pressure and end up backing out of a lot of it? I, I, I have given up predicting Brian Flores because that's the whole point <laughs> is you can't do that, but it would be an interesting point in Jordan loves development because this seems like it's the last 
sort of box to tick. Okay, he can ID at least a decent amount of time these simulated pressures and post-snap get to the right spots. Because since that Vikings game, I mean, he's been a top 10 quarterback by any metric you want to pick. And that was the last time he looked sort of out of his depth. Was that Vikings game the worst Jordan Love game this year? I, I, I'm Maybe I'm missing one. I think so. That was the one because it came at the end of the stretch of games where right. the ending, you know, the Raiders game where he throws three interceptions and the Broncos game where they had a chance mm -hmm. at the end and couldn't do anything with it. I think because it came when it did, it felt like the worst Jordan Love game. In the mm -hmm. second half, he actually made some really nice throws and some really good plays. It just didn't matter, and and um, they didn't really have answers at the end. Even when Jaron Hall was the quarterback, they could not seem to to get it going. They had a chance to make that game a game, and it never it never materialized. This version of Jordan Love, though, is just it's a different guy, and and I'm I think this is a great tensile test for just how real that is. Yeah, I was thinking like this will be a good test for the Packers and Jordan Love to see just like how real this sort of last like surge has been and part of that is because the last two teams that the vikings have played have diced brian flores um cincinnati scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter in that game yeah. and they didn't do a lot in in the first three quarters but they had open dudes all game long they had clean throwing pockets all day long even against the blitzes they one on the whiteboard all day and it just took for the fourth quarter for jake browning to start hitting balls <laughs> yeah and then and it wasn't just like chase and higgins being special like guys were open yeah no it was definitely like holes in the zone i've been saying for two weeks flores got salt and i've been getting in a lot of trouble for it <laughs> i think he's been i think i think that scheme got solved by zach taylor and then i think ben johnson just kind of took those concepts decided to do protection the way that the lions do protection with a lot of max protection and i would i'm i, I would bet dollars to donuts that the the packers will do the same thing max protect three routes down the field and just try to win like 3v5 in coverage instead of trying to win 5v7 in coverage um and that's kind of how green bay wants to play generally anyway they want to go let's go heavy play action and mm -hmm. and get you know six seven in the protection and just try and get two or three guys out on the route concept and i think that that is, well, I don't want to preempt our conversation about the scheme part of this, but it it was interesting to me that the Bengals' offensive play designer and play caller is a Shanahan tree disciple, and then the mm -hmm. Lions last week you've got a Shanahan tree quarterback. Ben Johnson doesn't really have a tree, right? But he uses a lot of those core mm -hmm. concepts and then adds in all of his little cool sprinkles. And so I was like, okay, if if there's going to be an opportunity, there th Matt Lafleur loves to borrow. And a lot of the stuff looked transferable to me. It's all universal. It's dagger. Who doesn't have dagger? Yeah. Like, <laughs> the, well, the and the uh, Packers run dagger five times a game if it works once. Oh, they might run it ten because they, the Vikings have not been able to cover dagger. So, like that—that's the kind of thing where it's like, okay, if Jordan Love can figure out what's which coverage he's going up against, um, which once you get to post snap, the coverages are all fairly vanilla, right? You've got. Some cover three, you've got some cover two, you've got, depending on who the buzzer is and who the, you know, Tampa runner is, who all those guys are, it's hard to figure out pre-snap. But once they've all declared and everybody's in a spot, it's very easy to figure out who's in what spot. So if Jordan Love can get to that post-snap place, then um, 
it can be a fairly easy run from him from there. But the hard part about Flores' defense is getting to that point, getting past the pre-snap spot, right. getting no pressure, picking up the blitz, or adjusting your process post-snap after uh, you know, a sim pressure backed off and and like reconfiguring the way that you think about it on the fly. That that's the challenges that Flores wants to present. Once you get to that point, you know, it, I mean, with any blitz-heavy defense, once you pick up the blitz, the coverage is in a lot of trouble. And, and so that's why this is going to be such a fun cat and mouse game. We're going to talk more matchups in just a second here. Locked on Packers, locked on Vikings, a crossover Thursday. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. It is daily fantasy made easy. One of my favorite things to do right now, Luke, is cross sports. Basketball season makes this a lot of fun. If I don't like the value that I'm getting around the NFL, I can always grab Damian Lillard. And throw him in my lineup as well. Just put a couple players together and you can win up to 25 times your money. Put 10 bucks in, you can win 250 if you play it right. Plus quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types is what makes Price Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Again, 25 times your money. If you play it right, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the code locked on NFL for that first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Prize picks, it's daily fantasy sports made easy. And thanks to everyone who makes locked on Packers and locked on Vikings their first listens every day. I guess you got to go or you can't do and. It's just how numbers work. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Speaking of firsts, Locked On Sports Today here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. All right, Luke, when you are putting together your breakdowns, you're look, watching the the cutups on on this game. What is the the first thing if you were going to like put together your report? Okay, this is the thing that I'm watching for matchup wise. What is it? Um, it's hard because there aren't any players left on the Vikings. So who's even interesting anymore? <laughs> <laughs> They're devastated, right? No TJ Hawkinson, ACL, MCL, might not have him for the start of next season with that kind yeah. of injury. Brutal um, injury. Jordan Addison is day to day. Uh, hey, we we get both Jair Alexander day to day. Okay, because we're at the beginning of the week. It was week to week, right? I thought I thought I saw that. No, he said he day to day. So he'll he'll okay. They, they're not they're not sure about him. I I think that's a, I don't want to answer your injury question kind of answer. <laughs> um, how about Justin Jefferson and Jair Alexander though? We get this finally. We didn't Again. have JJ for the last matchup, right? Right. They haven't seen each other since the the Lambo game around this time last year. Since the um, gritty, yeah. Since since the worst gritty, I, that was worse than Mike Isicki. If if somebody's got to tell him to work on that, um, I, my guess is he's been practicing. I would hope so because that was that. Come on, man. If you're gonna if you're gonna gritty on Justin Jefferson, you gotta know how to do it, Jair, man. Put Come this on. on your bulletin board. Get it on your bulletin board right now. Let's go, please. I'm I'm helping you. I'm trying to help you, Jair. Uh, <laughs> um, so that that 
should be an interesting matchup. And especially if there's no, no Jordan Addison, to be honest, if I'm Joe Barry, I don't even know if you need that matchup because if there's no Jordan Addison, there's no TJ Hawkinson. The next best dude on the Vikings is like, it's like KJ Osborne and Johnny Munt from there on out. And KJ Osborne might not even be the next best receiver on the Vikings. It might be Brandon Powell, who's a tiny guy, but he runs a pretty good route, gets pretty good separation. He's had some clutch moments this year. Um, but it really becomes kind of Justin Jefferson. Four is also extremely high. Absolutely, yes. A little scrappy wide receiver four with the number four, who's also the punt returner, That's workhorse kind of guy, special teamer. Great. Love it. I love Bram Powell. Um, but yeah, it, it it it's Justin Jefferson and guys like he's not a, a premier weapon of the Vikings, right? So you might not even need to use shadow him with Jair Alexander to double him all day and have whoever on him, and the Vikings won't have anywhere else to go. I I don't know what what the situation will be and look we're recording this before we hear from Matt LaFleur on on uh on Wednesday and so I don't know Joe Barry might not be the defensive coordinator of this game on Sunday like we can't be sure sure at this point oh wow um but look I, I don't know I might I may be calling you at 11 o'clock tonight going hey we need to re-record this um <laughs> but uh let, let's hope that doesn't happen but also like maybe let's hope it does so that would be sick I would I'd be in <laughs> It would be wild, and we'd have, we'd, have to, we'd honestly have to keep all of this in too, just for like yeah. the, the yeah, walls yeah. of it. But who, whatever is happening here for the Packers defense, the the plan has to be double JJ and make everyone else beat you because the mm. Packers have had issues at times this season with teams who are willing to stay committed to the run, um, and the Vikings just like even with their seventeenth quarterback are just not going to do that. We know that that's not going to be a thing that they do. And so I, I kind of love that. I love that. I, like I'm, I, I think Kevin O'Connell for as much as I made fun of you about the the praise that you heaped on him last year, I'm so impressed with what he has done culture wise with what he is schematically. I like, I just, I think he's a very impressive coach. And so he's going to find ways knowing that they're the double teams are coming. Like the Packers did this with Devonte Adams. They knew you were going to double him and they found ways to get him open anyway. And that's going to be the cat and mouse game. The question is how healthy is Jerry Alexander? Is he healthy enough to press mm. Justin Jefferson at the line of scrimmage as much as he did last year? You had a great cut up about this, like the difference between when when Jair was able to press him and have safety help was night and day difference from when he was playing off or did not have help. Like it just is a different matchup. And that was a healthy Jair Alexander. This is not one. And so, uh, you know, all of the discussion about Brian Flores versus Jordan Love, like this is. This is such a funny matchup to me now because it's going to be Nick Mullins and or Jaron Hall and or maybe Josh Dobbs if things go really sideways, but a really good play caller against a defensive coach who's fighting for his life. And so yeah. how does that cash out ultimately? I don't know. It's not the ideal circumstance to take advantage of Joe Barry or any, you know, whatever, a backup play caller, if that's the case, but they've done it. All year, they've kind of done it. And and so Bryce Young and DJ Chark was not the ideal matchup last week, and yet they torched this defense. So I kind of don't know where to go with this defense at this point because they played more man coverage last week. They blitzed more last week, and it just mostly didn't matter. Yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated to see exactly what the issue is. I, I will say we should talk about the run game a little bit too, and I don't know how it's going for you guys. We have a running back controversy too. Well, um, that's because one guy seems obviously better than the other. Yeah, uh, I will say Ty Chandler did not have a great day against the Lions. He blew a well, couple blocks. He misread a couple, in my opinion, at least, although I think that's a subjective deal. Um, 
but he did get the majority of the snaps and Alexander Madison played a backup role. You can say he wasn't quite healthy and they had him in the backup role kind of as a, well, we're just, you know, we're going to put you in, but just a little, cause you're not quite a hundred percent, but right. that always feels like a lie to me. Cause like he can either play or he can't like, it's either safe to put him out there or it isn't. Um, but that's the, the line the Vikings would give you. So I'll be very curious to see what they have with, um, with, with at running back this time. It's, it's interesting. Like they, introduced at the stadium i was at the game they introduced ty chandler as the starting running back and usually when it's an injured player on a pitch count they won't do that they'll say starting tight end tj hawkinson but then he just won't play the whole game right so i i think alexander madison got benched and they're sort of using the injury to save face about it um By the way, that's what happened to brock purdy on monday night no one can convince me that that's not what happened <laughs> but go ahead everyone's fighting so hard about that 50 interceptions and they were like no he's got a stinger it's like guys i watched the game you don't have to do this it's okay who would ever throw four interceptions in a game <laughs> um that certainly wouldn't happen to two different guys on the same team within th three weeks right i'm tired peter i'm tired <laughs> do we think there has ever been a team probably in like the 80s because they just were like wild with the football but like in the modern age, a team with a, with three quarterbacks that throw four interceptions in a season? Like, do we think that's happened in the last 20 years? In the last 20 years, no way. In the 70s and 60s, like, yeah, four interceptions probably. wasn't that weird. Yeah, probably. So, like, probably. Um, like, there are teams... I was looking it up because I was like, are they setting since turnover you, since records? Since you've been that alive, I don't know. I'd probably not happened. Yeah, and I looked up, like, turnover... Uh, records and stuff, and there are teams that got, like, 60 turnovers in a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so th those records will will remain untouched my apologies to the 1961 broncos uh, -huh. uh the the afl was special um anyways yeah it it like how how is the the run defense in comparison to um you know the the coverage and all the issues there how's Devonte wyatt doing i thought he cooked in the last vikings packers game he so he he is either and this is true um, game to game, uh, play to play, series to series, quarter to quarter, half to half. He is either awesome or totally terrible. And so, okay. like, there is no in between. Um, he is, he is, um, and, and against the Panthers, he was terrible. Uh, mm -hmm. dumb penalties, um, was not even out on a, on a special teams play where he was supposed to be on the, I think it was the kick block team and they had to call a timeout or no, he, he ended up getting an offsides call. Um, on a punt, I think it was, but either way, it was just like, it, or it's third and eight and he wins in 0.2 seconds and creates a pressure and it's an incomplete. And you're just like, how did that, like, what, how are the, how are these guys the same? Um, but he's not, he's not a good run defender and unless he's getting penetration. And so this Packers run defense, they were, they were pretty good against Carolina, frankly. Now the Carolina running offense is not exactly, you know, Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams back in the day. Um, but they were pretty gap sound. They played pretty aggressively. Isaiah McDuffie played much better than we've seen Devondre Campbell play when he's been hurt. When the Packers have had both um, both linebackers healthy, even if they're backups like Isaiah McDuffie and Quay Walker or Isaiah McDuffie and Devondre Campbell, they've been much better. But they've just not been healthy the whole season, and and they've had to they've really had to rely on on backups more often than they would like to. And so it's one of the five worst rush defenses in the league again. Every year, it is every year. It doesn't matter Mike Pettin. doesn't matter Joe Barry. That has just been the case since Matt LaFleur has been there. It must pain Matt LaFleur a great deal that the running defense is, is what it is. Um, but it is what it is. And so mm. 
the Vikings are just not exactly equipped to exploit that to its fullest, except, and this is when it really shows up and really kills them in the red zone. Teams that can mm. run in the red zone, it just is great news code. for you. It's it's a cheat code. Well, but it, but the Vikings were able to do it a little bit in the last game, and so that really helped. The Packers, I've been joking all season, Luke. My bit on Twitter is that the Packers lead the league in running backs scoring inside the five-yard line untouched, standing up. Oh, wow. And uh, so that, they didn't like, get a rushing touchdown until like Thanksgiving. But didn't they didn't they not get a running rushing touchdown and then score against Green Bay? I thought it, that was, was it green. Did, was, was it green? The Green Bay game. So it was Halloween. It was green Bay. Yeah. It was like a whole thing. It's um. It's it's again like, stoppable for some. Yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah. Ty Chandler, get your prize picks in. Ty Chandler, <laughs> more than half a touchdown. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, all right. Speaking of uh, the the Ty Chandler, the keys to victory for me are always um my my daily fantasy with with prize picks and my Fanduel picks. That's it. Like those are those are the keys. Hit, hit my overs and, and we'll be all set. Thank you very much. We'll talk about the keys to victory as we close out another crossover Thursday here. Locked on Packers, locked on Vikings. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top tier candidates as possible to interview. Both the Packers and Vikings could be interviewing defensive coordinators this offseason for very different reasons. We'll see if those jobs line, line up on, uh, on LinkedIn. We'll see. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. A billion people, you got to find one defensive coordinator, right? Like even, even if they're going to be better than Joe Barry, probably. Post your link you for think. free at LinkedIn. You would hope LinkedIn.com <laughs> slash locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. And again, thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers and Locked on Vikings your first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. And Locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked on, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked on Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, Luke. We got to figure out how this game is going to be won and or lost mm -hmm. by our respective teams. Um, I had the joke on on the, the, the graphic last time, and it, I don't know, was, it, was it really even a joke? Who does the dumbest thing? Um, it could be anybody, uh, once again, and, and that is it's just... The beautiful thing about both of these teams that we cover uh and so when you when you're thinking about okay the vikings win if they do this what is this i bet you can guess what i'm gonna say <laughs> stop turning the ball over yeah. it's it's turnovers it's always turnovers the vikings turn the ball over three four times a game in their losses in their wins they either you know tie tie the turnover battle win the turnover battle um, they have just total yardage outgained four of the eight teams that beat them, but they turned the ball over immensely in all of those games. And they tied one of those teams in the yardage battle. So they're going toe to toe with teams until they make a stupid mistake. You get rid of the stupid mistakes, you win the games, but I don't trust the Vikings to get rid of the stupid mistakes. It's new years and they still haven't. Why would they do it now? So I think the, the thing you had on the, on the, 
graphic uh, last time still very prescient. It whoever does the dumbest thing loses the game. And um, well, Nick Mullins sure does love to do catastrophically dumb things. This is the the style of quarterback you get with Nick Mullins, who I do think is going to play. Uh, if I if I had to guess, but I would I'm guessing, but that's my guess. Um, he's incredibly aggressive. He threw like. 90% of his passes past 15 yards against the Lions and yeah. like was correct too. It was crazy. But Arif Hassan pointed out in the pro, the pro football box score, which had his passing grades and his a dot and all this stuff. And it was just like one of the most remarkable performances I've ever seen, like multiple big time throws, a ton of turnover worthy plays an eight out of over 11 and yet had a passing grade of 42. And it was like, it was just like one I mean, of the yeah. all time incredible performances. Cause he whiffed a bunch of them and they got picked off. Um, that's what it, what it is. If you've got him in a sack, he will try to flick the ball away to get an incomplete pass, which a is usually grounding anyways. And B, he will throw interceptions to your defensive tackle. Like this happens. The, and Josh Jobs did the exact same thing too. So we have two different guys that will throw an interception to your nose tackle. Uh, it's Kenny Clark, the, get ready, is, get it in on prize picks interception. Get that interception. I'm not kidding. <laughs> um, it, that like, that's a decent move if you can find it. I like it. Um, the uh it's the, the Vikings capacity to do dumb crap is all the way up to Mike Tice 2000s levels right now. <laughs> it's horrible. So I don't know where you guys are at, but if this game comes down to the dumbest thing, I don't feel good about it. Yeah, you know, the the turnovers I I was I would have said turnovers had you not. So I'm not going to do the thing and say, "Hey, you're exactly right. Like you got to it's true." Don't turn the ball over. So let me let me try and give you a different answer for the Packers. Um, just don't let Justin Jefferson beat you. That's it. If you don't let the, and that's what happened last time. They didn't let Justin Jefferson beat them. And for a slew of other reasons, Keyshawn Nixon returns, you know, the kickoff 105 yards. Um, and that felt like a harbinger of things to come. I don't know how you felt in real time about it, but it did in that moment. It sort of felt I like, was okay. at a different game. So I actually was just seeing oh. it on Twitter. Yeah, and you're just like, okay. I, I was I, a bunch of friends and I went to a Rams Chargers game. We had a lot of fun. And then I like looked at the score. And I was like, oh, geez. <laughs> well, you picked a good game to not watch. Um, uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, of the Vikings then for sure. But just don't let Justin Jefferson beat you. And it, I, I, I find it hard to believe that Nick Mullins and, uh, you know, Brandon Powell are going to be like, no shot at Brandon Powell. But just like it's probably not going to happen. Um, Nick Mullins throwing to Josh Oliver and Johnny Munt. Um, if you lose, if you lose that, just like cancel yeah. the season. Um, and so I think that's, that's bang on. It would help to create some turnovers. The Packers don't really do that, but guess what? The lions didn't either. And then they ran into a Nick Mullins buzzsaw and you just, yeah, he's gonna throw he'll just you. whiff a deep ball and it'll just like land in the safety's lap. And it's just, Oh, okay. Like it's yeah, not, I'll take that. Hey, right, yeah. hey, look what I found. Hey, this yeah. is so great. <laughs> that was, um, that was like Kirby Joseph just was not in position on like any of those. But they just like landed on him, and it was uh, all right. Yeah, like make the catch, but get the return. Good for you, man. So our our New Year's Eve battle: Vikings minus one and a half at home, which means basically FanDuel sees this as an even game on a neutral field. They're favored. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But you know, look, it's it the the Packers are plus one fourteen on the money line, so we're talking about the smallest okay, of margins. Yeah. Got it. Um, the one of the other uh, podcasts that I listen to, they call it the Tic Tac Zone because it's just a little, just a little one, one and a half calories. Um, <laughs> Vegas sees it as basically even. Fanduel sees sure. it as basically even. How do you see it? 
I I sympathize with Vegas. Yeah, that that reads. We have no idea what to do with this game. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that the Vikings can win if they fix a few of their issues. I I invite Packers fans to listen to yesterday's Locked On Vikings. You guys might like it more than you think, because um, I kind of went in on all the things that the Vikings are, are doing wrong in this last. They've lost four of five. It's they're skidding to a halt in this season. Yeah. Um. And yeah, part of that is you got to rein Nick Mullins in and you got to kind of calm him down and make him stop doing dumb stuff that gives the ball away. I don't think that they can do that. Nobody's done that with Nick Mullins. He hasn't done that in his career, let alone here. I don't believe in it. You got to stop making stupid mistakes. Like I said, it's New Year's. They haven't stopped yet. Why would I believe that they will stop now? Like all of the things they need to do have been problems all year long. If they fix those things, they can go toe to toe with anybody. But I don't really believe that they can. So I'm not very bullish on the Vikings. I walked away from that Lions game saying, all right, well, what draft pick do we get if we're seven and 10? Because that's how it feels. So go prove me wrong, Vikings. I'm going to be a hater until you decide to show something that's worth our time. Okay. I mean, I, I'm going to pick the Packers in this one as well. Even if I don't love the defense, I'm I'm just given, I mean, the, the Hawkinson and Addison injuries combined makes it really, really tough. And yeah, there's, I, there's I, no I was, guys. I was saying on Twitter, this. like, Yes, the the Chargers or excuse me, the Panthers have no skill position players, but they've had no skill position players all year. Like it, it's just different when like okay, Adam Thielen at least you know what you're getting from Adam Thielen and DJ Chark. They're now going to have to rely on guys that just like have not had to be focal points of their offense all season, and so that that makes this a little Maybe. bit different. They they kind of did before, just like when Justin Jefferson himself was down, and then it was just it was like well, but Addison then if you, and if these you don't guys have Hawk and Addison, and you yeah. just have Jefferson. I guess you still just have Jefferson. To... But then what is the counterpunch if if the Packers do the one thing that they have to do to win, and that is divert all of yep. their resources to Justin Jefferson? So Absolutely. we'll see. Uh we're gonna be we'll be live personally on Locked On Packers after the game. Um we've got the postcast. The Locked On Vikings postcast goes up on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Uh I'll be on that. All right, great to talk to Luke. Uh we will be back tomorrow with more here on Locked On Packers. I was gonna do a big interview. Um, and now I feel like we have to spend some more time talking about Jay Alexander and, and not moving on from Joe Barry. We're going to have to talk about some game specific stuff. So we'll do all of that on our show tomorrow. And then, as I mentioned, live Sunday night, not right after the game, about half an hour after the game, maybe 25 minutes, depending on when the game ends after the ball drops on the East coast. So 1205 East 1105 Lambo time or thereabouts on our locked on Packers YouTube page. So you can stay locked on Packers.